What a time to have the first episode of the restart of the Locked On Oregon Ducks podcast. Oregon doesn't have a head football coach at the moment, but Chip Kelly is rumored to be coming back. We'll get into it all. Here we go. All right, welcome in everybody to Locked On Ducks. I'm Spencer McLaughlin. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with your team every single weekday. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Remember to like and subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing and the number one financial system for growing businesses. Pretty perfect time to be relaunching the show. My thanks to everyone at the Locked On Network for taking a chance on me. Just a brief rundown of what you should expect from this show every single day. We'll get to everything Oregon sports related. It'll be football and and basketball heavy. I'll throw in some other stuff sprinkling from time to time. But if you want player news, game recaps and reactions, analysis, big takeaways, the latest on the coaching search as we're going to get into today, that is what this show is all about. The show is about you, the fan. So if you are polite, that's my only rule. Be polite, and I will be polite back, and I'll probably answer your question. You can hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55. That's smalls underscore 55. I'll respond to your questions. As the show goes on, I would love to do a mailbag segment you know, each and every week, but that requires engagement from you, the fan, who I'm doing the show for. Brief background on myself. I am a sports broadcaster. I do the TV play-by-play for Southern Utah University. I've done a variety of of sports talk mediums over the years, so this is not my first time hosting a show like this. And most importantly, because you might be asking, if you're at Southern Utah, why are you doing a show about Oregon? Because I was born and raised in Lake Oswego, Oregon. I am a Duck fan through and through, have been my whole life, always will be. Every moment you can think of of the last 15 years or so, I've been there through it all. Dennis Dixon's knee, Masoli trucking him on fourth and two, Dyer was down, the Rose Bowl breakthrough, Dyer was down, Mariota's career, Dyer is still down. You know, everything that you can think of with regards to Oregon football and basketball too. You know, the the women's basketball team not being able to play in the national championship when they might have just... I might have done just that. Jordan Bell missing the box out. Like every, everything that you can think of, I've been there either literally or metaphorically. So that's enough about me because as I said, the show is about you, the fan. First and foremost, you are the people who I'm doing this for to enhance your consumption of Oregon athletics each and every day with a daily 20 to 30 minute episode. So what am I going to talk about today? Well, I think you probably know, and it's the latest on the Oregon coaching search. Now, as I am recording this on Thursday night, the name Chip Kelly is being thrown around pretty often. I will get to specific candidates, names I've heard, the latest reports, and everything later in the show. But first, Mario Cristobal leaves, and it it stings a little bit because I think Oregon fans sort of thought he was different than, than Willie Taggart, and it turns out he was only kind of different. That's a segment for another day, but right now, what I want to focus on is Oregon fans, understandably right now, probably feel a a sense of a a lack of direction, you could say, right? Is we we don't have a head coach. Who are they going to hire? What kind of coach is he going to be? Is he going to be able to recruit? What's going to happen with the program? Are recruits going to drop out? They haven't thus far from what I have seen. It's actually been pretty encouraging 
to to see a lot of recruits saying, yeah, even though Mario Cristobal is gone, I'm still going to stay committed to the University of Oregon. Players might transfer. I just want to start you with this. The next few weeks could be really rough. It, it, it could be. And you just have to prepare yourself for that. But as Harvey Dent said in The Dark Knight, the night is darkest just before the dawn. And the sun will rise again, and Oregon will hire a new head coach. It's just a matter of when. It's obviously not going to be an if, but it's really easy, I think, as a fan to feel this sense of uncertainty about the future. And I felt that a little bit, but then after I had time to you know, kind of let it sink in that Mario was really going to leave and Oregon was going to need a new head coach, I thought about you know, what had happened over the last decade. And Oregon as a football program has risen to national prominence, you know, beginning with Chip Kelly, whose name is getting thrown around quite a bit right now. And it succeeded with more than one coach. And I think that that matters because some schools find the right coach at the right time and you know, they get on the national stage, but then that coach leaves and suddenly they're not there. Right, and they're kind of lost looking for the next guy. I think until Baylor found Dave Aranda, they were sort of feeling that with Matt Rule. Right, it is you know the whole situation with Art Bryles happened, and then Matt Rule comes in and he is building up the program. Baylor's you know going to be a really good team, and then he leaves. Right, and for a program like that, it can be easy to feel uncertain. Both Oregon, look at the coaches that they've had over the last decade. Right. We thought Willie Taggart was going to be the guy. He turned out to be a one and done. But then we found Mario Cristobal made what was at the time the right hire, even if you thought he might go to Miami one day, if you thought that was possible. But Oregon has the funds, the national prom- the national prominence, respect as a football program to be able to find good head coaches. And the, the evidence for that is just the last decade or so. They went from Chip to Helfrich, and Helfrich didn't work, but then they went to Taggart. And Taggart, for you know all the shortcomings he clearly has as a coach, as Florida State learned once they made him his guy, he was like 6-1 and one when Justin Herbert was there, and Herbert got hurt lunging for the goal line that week against Cal, and you know then Braxton Burmeister had to play quarterback, and we all see how, how that turned out. So I, I bring this up to try to bring you the fan, who, again, are the people I'm doing the show for, Bring you a sense of calm. Let you breathe a little bit because it's easy to feel nervous. It's easy to feel, you know, worried. Like, is Oregon football going to take a bunch of steps back? I don't have that concern at all. And though I liked Mario Cristobal as a coach, he, he had some shortcomings. I think we saw that last couple of weeks against uh, against Utah, getting smacked seventy six to seventeen twice in a in a three week span by the same team, but. Oregon has shown an ability over the last decade or so, with the help of Phil Knight, of course, to be able to find the right coaches and continue to succeed. So Chip won at a high level. Then Helfrich, who is not a long-term solution but was a temporary one, got to a national championship game. And then Taggart, you know, wasn't a great coach, but you know, did win some games when he actually had a quarterback. And then they found Mario Cristobal. That's a lot of success. Oregon has had two losing seasons in this century. I mean, it it has been a really long time since they've been a consistently sub-500 program. So if you're a fan that's worried about that, I think you can put those fears to rest that, 
you know, Oregon is going to hire somebody who, who's going to take them all the way back. Who that coach might be is something I'll talk about after this. First, let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi, less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to go to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. Plus, accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. And many thanks to our sponsors here at the Locked On Podcast Network for making the shows happen. Without it, uh, or without all of them, I wouldn't be able to bring you the show. So we always appreciate them. Feel free to patronize them at your leisure. Back to the show. I think Oregon will be fine. They'll be able to make a good hire because they've been a good program. But something that I alluded to earlier, it's very possible that it could be a rough couple of weeks. It hasn't been yet, but I don't expect the Alamo Bowl to go particularly well, though you, you never know in that game. Bob Stoops on the other side, I for one am disappointed that Mike Bellotti is not going to be uh, the head coach for Oregon on an interim basis because, you know, what Oregon fan doesn't want to go back to the, uh, the greatest worst call in college football history in the onside kick. But I think that, you know, eventually there will be some players who might want to leave, recruits might drop out, and there's just this sort of feeling of uncertainty. But I think eventually once the hire gets made, things will start to settle down and we'll have an idea of, you know, what Rob Mullins, the AD and, uh, and Phil Knight are, are thinking about the direction of the Oregon football program, which gets us to the coaching candidates and the latest names on the search that are flying all around the internet right now are Chip Kelly and Justin Wilcox. Now, Kalani Sataki is another name that I've heard. He's the BYU coach. He's the champion of the Pac-12 South this year as a coach, the way that UCF won the national championship in 2017, right? They're not actually in it and they didn't win, but they did beat all the teams that competed in that particular event. So, I mean, literally, if BYU had been in the Pac-12 South this year, they would have won the division and they would have played Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. But alas, they're an independent. Eventually, they'll get to the Big 12. But Chip Kelly and Justin Wilcox are names that are going around together. Now, I, 
I have heard, and when I, I tell you that I have heard, I, I follow people who are in the know. Uh, I know some people who are connected to the University of Oregon. I, I am not just making this stuff up. I will never, ever, I am not a journalist. I've never been a journalist. I never claim to be. I never will be. Everything I tell you is going to be opinion and analysis based on things that other people are saying and reporting. That's how that's how this show works. Is I'll come to to my computer every day and give you, you know, my breakdown and thoughts with the the latest on, you know, all things Oregon athletics. I'll have guests on as well, uh, some who are connected to the University of Oregon. I'll keep that a little bit of a secret. We'll leave that as as a tease. But right now, uh, Chip Kelly's name is being thrown out there, and I, I wanted to discuss the potential of getting the gang back together, shall we say. So we, we all remember as Oregon fans when Chip burst onto the scene and just revolutionized college football. And I, as an Oregon fan, have always found myself rooting for Chip. In the NFL and at UCLA, I've always, I've always been a fan wherever he goes. I, I've always wanted him to win. And not just because of what he did for Oregon football, which is a lot, by the way. I mean, if we don't hire Chip and 30 years from now he, he's out of coaching, everyone's still going to remember the Chip Kelly era as perhaps the most significant for the University of Oregon in terms of getting them onto a national stage. Though Rich Brooks uh, is probably among the diehard Oregon fans going to be a name that people throw out there as well. Mike Bellotti's name belongs in there too, but when you're talking about on a grand scale, casual fans getting to know Oregon, it's Chip Kelly. But I always find myself rooting for Chip because he came into college football with a new idea. Hey, we're not going to huddle. We're going to have smaller linemen who can move, and we're going to pull them out on, on these buck sweeps. We're going to do a lot of outside zone running, and we're going to go in the shotgun all the time. We're going to run the spread. And, I mean, he was the first guy through the wall. He got, right, the first guy through is always bloodiest. And in, in my perspective, I'm sure many of you share this view as well, the media was not very kind on the whole to Chip Kelly. I mean, they were highly critical of him and looking for ways because he was the new thing, right? It's sort of a natural human instinct. It doesn't mean that it's good, but it is something you can find in many areas of life. When you see something that's new, it's our instinct to want to try and criticize it and say why it won't work, right? Lamar Jackson is a quarterback in the NFL. People always look first and say, why can't he work instead of showing what he can do as a football player? So when Chip brought these concepts and just wasn't treated very well, and then he left, even though I didn't want him to leave, and it might have been better for his coaching interests in retrospect to not leave the University of Oregon, I didn't feel as stung by him. And in fact, I felt an affinity for him because he had been treated so poorly and he had done so many things for Oregon. So I've always been a, a fan of Chip Kelly and, you know, I, I root for him passively at UCLA. I, I want other Pac-12 teams to be good because the conference is down. Something I will talk about in the future on this show is a net good for Oregon when other teams are, are actually good. But I don't think Chip is the right hire, or at least he shouldn't be the number one hire. When it comes to this coaching search, there are a lot of candidates out there. I'll tell you why I don't think Chip Kelly is the right hire or shouldn't be the top hire, at least. But first, don't compare Built Bar 
to holiday desserts. We don't want people to feel guilty about enjoying the holidays. November 30th through December 23rd, you get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel. People are so passionate about their flavor. Tell Santa to throw, throw in a few Built Bars into your stockings. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, then go get Built Bars. The offer, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so the the idea of Chip coming back and Justin Wilcox's name has has been thrown around there as well. I'm not sure it's the right hire, or at least I don't think Chip should be the top hire. And here's why. When Chip came to Oregon, as I talked about, you know, what led to him being treated really, really poorly by by the national media writ large. Doesn't mean everybody did, but a, a lot of people did. And we we all saw it as duck fans. We were all there. You know, it's like the Becoming Your Parents commercial, we all see it. We all see it. Anyway, when he did that, he was doing things that were different, right? He, he was fundamentally changing the game, saying we're not going to huddle. We're going to sh- go from the shotgun on basically every single snap, 99.9% of plays. Those were not ideas that were widespread in college football. And so as a result... One advantage that Chip Kelly had during his four years at Oregon with four straight BCS Bowl appearances, two wins, and a national championship game is people didn't have a lot of tape on how Oregon was going to run their offense. They didn't have an idea yet of how to defend it. Now, teams were obviously able to beat Oregon in some of those games, but that was an advantage that Chip Kelly had before that he would not have now. Because now you look at the offense and the things that Chip Kelly was bringing, no huddle, up-tempo, RPOs, everybody is doing that to some respect. They might put their own wrinkle on it, but conceptually, they're doing all the things that Chip did while he was at Oregon because it was a better way to play offense. And it's more explosive. And now in college football and in the NFL, offenses are more explosive. The rules cater to the offense a little bit more as well, but... That's a component of it is offensive coaches have have gotten smarter and defensive coaches now have a lot more film or idea or that they know to be ready for that style of play. So when you look at Chip's resume at UCLA over the last few years, there's a good side of it, but then there's a not so good side of it. The the not so good side of it is the defense And, and the UCLA defensive coordinator it's his name's Justin as an as an Aro, I think is how you pronounce his name, and you know he's been on a lot of Chip staffs, and that's not a guy that you want as your defensive coordinator. I've watched a good amount of UCLA football, and the defense just has not been there. Now the offense has right Chip's offense at UCLA 
does not look the exact same as it did at Oregon years and years ago. But the issue is everybody else has has sort of caught up. And UCLA's defense just has not been able to stop anybody. They did win eight games this year. It would have been nine if they could have beaten Fresno State at home. But they couldn't stop Jake Hayner, who's now going up with, uh, with their head coach up to the University of Washington. And, you know, good luck, Coach DeBoer, but it's probably not as easy as uh, as everybody thinks, as Jimmy Lake learned the hard way over the last couple of years. But Chip's offense has not necessarily been the problem. It's not what it used to be, but it's still very good. He's still a, a capable offensive mind in football, but defensively, UCLA has been a, a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. I mean, literally, they could not stop Fresno State. And Oregon played a tight game with Fresno State this year. But their issue was they couldn't score enough points, not that they couldn't get Fresno State off the field. And I don't remember the final score of that, uh, of that UCLA-Fresno State game. I'll look it up right, right now. But, I mean, UCLA was at home. They allowed 40 points at home to Fresno State. That's, like, that's a legitimate issue. So if you hire Chip you're probably going to be able to score plenty of points and he'll recruit offensive players who will fit his system. But is the defense going to be there? I don't think it will be. And in order to do that, you have to have somebody who is able to just run a defense basically on his own. Because if you read any stories or talk to people who are in the know, Chip and Nick Aliotti back in the day didn't do a lot of talking. Chip is all in on one side of the ball, so he would need a high-level defensive coordinator. Now, if that could be Justin Wilcox, maybe that could work. But that's another guy who Oregon has interviewed for the head coaching gig is Justin Wilcox. And they've asked for permission to interview uh, Kalani Sitaki from BYU, Chip. I don't know if an interview has happened, but I know that Lane Kiffin has showed interest in the Oregon job. A lot of names getting thrown around. But you know, t- today is about Chip. And I, I just don't think that he's going to be able to have the same magic or same success as he had back in the day because he is not the new kid on the block with you know offensive styles and schemes that nobody is running or that people haven't seen before or that you know players are unprepared for, right? I mean, coaches eventually were able to see what was happening on film, but players just weren't playing against it very often because Oregon was kind of the only team that was doing what they were doing, scoring in two minutes, going from the shotgun all the time, a lot of RPOs. Like They were basically the only team in the Pac-12 at the time that was doing it like that on a consistent basis. That's what made it so special. And I think Chip back then was a great coach. Today, I think he's still capable of coaching. UCLA has gotten better each year that he has been there, at least when when you watch them. And then this year, they, they get eight wins and they get to go to a bowl game. So from that from that point of view, there's some encouragement that Chip can still coach because UCLA has not been good at football at a high level for, for quite a while. Um, I mean, they're, they play at the Rose Bowl, which is awesome, but it's not even on campus. I mean, it's just hard to create that sort of buzz in a, in a community like that, that that requires such tremendous amount of travel just to go to the game. I mean, it's hard to get passionate fans, and then it's harder to recruit. And, you know, you have USC in town, who now has Lincoln Riley. I, I just think that UCLA is a pretty tough job, and I think Chip is doing a good job. But he, he's still a capable coach. But Oregon fans are going to have 
a great amount of nostalgia if they hire Chip Kelly and they will look back and say, oh, it's good. You know, it'll be like before we'll score a bunch of points and all this sort of stuff. If you can get Wilcox as your defensive coordinator, maybe it can work. But I think honestly, it's more of a fallback hire. I, I think that it, if they hired Chip, then they, they didn't swing as high as they could have. Because right when this opening came available, you knew Chip and Wilcox, who played at Oregon uh, back in the day, a long, long time ago, before my time even, you knew those two guys were going to be interested. And they have shown interest, and Oregon has asked permission to interview them both. I get that. But I think the situation that Oregon is in, where you know Miami has to pay Cristobal's buyout, and they were ready to give Mario Cristobal a bunch of money anyway, I think Phil Knight and company are capable of swinging for the fences they're able to go for a different hire and look i love the run that chip had at oregon more than anybody else it was incredible it made me fall in love with college football even more than i was already a fan the first season i really remember as a duck fan i want to say kellen clemens was the quarterback like 2005 sometime around there i've been going out games at Oxen my whole life and, you know, though I have enjoyed the success under Chris Ball the last few years, it's nothing like it was under Chip Kelly. I mean, nothing is ever going to be like that again because it was sort of the perfect storm of Chip having a revolutionary offensive concept and, you know, Mike Bellotti hiring him as the offensive coordinator and then Oregon letting him be the head coach and, you know, do whatever he wanted to do. But at the end of the day, I think Oregon can do better than Chip and you'd have to have a high-level defensive coordinator to be with him because UCLA looks like they can't stop a high school team sometimes when they play defense and uh, the defensive coordinator blitzes seven on third down whether you're putting five guys in the pattern or not and it's it's very predictable in that sense and and they haven't been well coached at that end so I, I think Chip is not the right guy I think there are better names that we could get out there I would love to see him make a run at like a Luke Fickle or a Matt Campbell. There's a lot of different names out there. I think Oregon is in a good position to be able to make a pretty big time hire, but we'll see what happens over the weekend. And I'll be with you every day through this entire coaching search and beyond. Thanks for listening as always. And I will end every single show like this. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.